That's my granddaughter. <laughs> you know, I want, you know, because you know, a lot of people watch us from outside this country. So many people do. People watch us in Europe, they watch us in Africa, they watch us so many places. You know, you don't have an idea the number that we are reaching now. It's, it's, it's incredible. So I want them to know that that's my granddaughter. Isn't it wonderful to be alive to see this? To be alive to see this. It's a blessing of God. To God be the glory. Can I hear amen? Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you for this hour that we are to teach, preach your word by your spirit. We trust you in your faithfulness to cause every hearer to understand it. So that the enemy does not pick that which is sowed in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I have a, a cousin, in fact, my wife used to tell me, he said, that's your blood, your blood relation that really knows you well and understands you well, and that's true. He come and said, brother, my business is, has issues and problems and stuff. And he told me, he said, something happened, had an accident there, and this business is no more turning around. I say, your problem is that you think that business is your God. I say, you've been looking at it as your source. Your God has failed. I said, your source is God, and God is not your business. I said, if you can move your faith away from that business to God, I say, in two weeks, that thing they can't fix, they will fix it, and that business will turn around. Yesterday, he called me, he said, brother, he's so busy, I can't, I can't cope with the business. It's flowing. He said, my debts are paying all of them. Everything is going. He said, he said, wow, that's true. I said, the devil always tries to shift our faith away from Christ because he knows that those that trust in him will not experience him. He will give you anything that looks like it rituals, whatever, you put your faith in that. And once you disconnect from that thing, you feel uneasy. Because it's like your faith, oh my God, can I survive? But those who trust in him, he keeps them in great peace. I wanted to share this. My question is, where is your faith? It's too sweet to what? Trust in Jesus. But is that what you are living? That, that's not my sermon. So we're talking about developing mature spirits Feared life, and we're going to start talking about walking out your salvation in fear and trembling, part one. <clears throat> this is by, by request. Some people requested that I teach on this during the Wednesday fellowship. So they requested that I teach on this, and my wife also requested. And I said, my, my ministry is love you, carry your bag, and do what you say. So I'm going to teach on it. So I'm doing what she said. So we're going, this is part one, part one. Next Sunday, by the grace of God, we'll go to part two. But I want you to listen to me. Please listen to me. This is the thing that causes a lot of disconnection in so many lives. Because people don't really understand it. So I'm talking about, uh, our text is Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now 
much more in my absence, work out your own what? Salvation. It didn't say work for your salvation. It didn't say work for it. Because you're already saved. It said work it out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which now worketh in you, but to will and to do his good uh, pleasure. So we start by going back to the foundational truth. We need to go back to the foundational truth. Understanding the testament we are even living in. The key things about this testament that God has established between him and you. What is it? How does it work? Because if you don't understand how it works, you are not going to benefit from it. So, we start from that. Number one is, let us understand that the Old Testament is over. There's no point going to live in the Old Testament, copying uh, what all these prophets you people copy and you quote them. They're not your example. They're not your example. You live in a higher plane than they lived. Look at, look at Hebrew 8, 13. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one what? What is the meaning of obsolete? But that's where many Christians live. What God is saying, this is a discarded card. You swipe a card that is no more working. It will go through. That's what we are swiping. He says it's obsolete. It is now out of what? Date. And will soon disappear. It's out of date. Don't use the expired card. It will, it will affect your life. You can't use it to pull in the blessings of God. It's expired. It's obsolete. It's gone. But believe you me, most things you hear from many Christian pulpits is Old Testament. Because Old Testament agrees with their mental, it's, one thing, it's carnal, it's what you see, it's what you see. You know, it's carnal, it's what you do, it's what you do. So it looks religious, it looks like it is. Again, remember that the disciple for Jesus was asking him to call fire. He said, no, you have a different what? Spirit, you're not like him. See, don't know the spirit you have. Look at your status, child of God. In Matthew 11, 11 I think it was 11. Is it 11? 11 or 11? One? Yeah, 11. One. I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, listen to Jesus. None is greater than who? Quit means he's greater than Moses. His ministry, this is the Lord telling us. He should know. So this is not measured by miracles and things. The Lord Jesus said, this man, John, is greater than Moses, greater than Elijah, greater than all of them. Because he's the one that introduced Jesus to the world. That ministry of Christ, introduction of it, is the finality of divine plan for mankind. I'm not finished. You, you took it off. Put it back for me. He says, I tell you the truth. All of who have ever lived... None is greater than John the Baptist. But listen down. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. You are copying them. You are living there. And Jesus said, do you know who you are? <laughs> Did you understand who you are? You are greater than them. 
Because you carry God in you. You're greater than them. Tell yourself I'm greater than them. Now look at um, Colossians 1 30. Because he's talking about persons in the kingdom of heaven. So who are they? Colossians 1 30. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into where? Into where? Kingdom. So we are the ones he's talking about that are greater than them. Greater than all of them. If you don't know who you are, they will carry you past your father's compound. And many people have been carried past their father's compound, the kingdom compound, and the blessings of the kingdom. Look at the Old Testament. It was established based on the laws of Moses, which nobody had fulfilled yet till today. They enjoyed the blessings of God by the intercession of the blood of animal for a year that the priest did. And he wasn't addressing their spiritual being. It was a spiritual addressing physical things. There's nothing spiritual about it. They were still dead in sins and trespasses. They were not saved. None of, nobody was saved until Christ came. Romans 10, 5. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. He said there is righteousness that the law gives. That the man who doeth these things shall what? Live by. So that's the way of, of life is you don't, you were born without sin. You never committed sin. Who was not born without sin? And then the animal blood they use, look at Hebrew 9.13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the what? Flesh. Their spirit was untouched. The New Living Translation says, under the Old Testament, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young calf could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Ceremonial. Is that what you are going to be doing? Is that what you want to believe in? And he lifts people under the curse of God. He couldn't lift the curse of the law. Couldn't. Only Jesus lifted it. Look at Galatians 3.10. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God, how many of you depend on the law to make you right with God? Be real now. Okay, we don't have anybody. Praise the Lord. You won't say hallelujah, you won't. I say praise the Lord. <laughs> but those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his cause. When you research it, don't it don't, are you not afraid? But that's why people go. You're pulling them out of it. What's that? So my friend, come out of there. No, 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 no. Grace. No, no, no. Grace for what? The Holy Spirit says you can't be blessed if you depend on the law. You are not, you are remain under God's cause. He didn't say devil's cause. God's cause. For the scripture says, Cause is everyone who do, does not observe and obey all the commands written in God's book of the law. 
who has ever? Hebrew 10.4, for it is not possible, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It's not possible. We are human beings. Animals can save us. It's not possible. So you see that all that they were doing in the Old Testament didn't address the core issue of mankind. It's an inferior covenant. The scriptures say God found fault with it. And why did God put it in place? God put it in place so we can at least understand the New Testament from there. If there, if there, there was no animal sacrifice and shedding of blood, how do you understand the sacrifice of cross and the blood of Jesus? The Bible says it's shadow. That God uses it as a demonstration. It's shadow of the reality which is what is now coming. It's shadow. But the people live in shadow. Most practices and most things you hear is shadow. James 2.10, for the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. So why do we run from here? Now let's come to the new covenant. It is called a covenant of peace. What did I call it? I wanted to say it again. The word peace, don't forget that word peace you must latch onto it and understand that between you and God, there is what? Peace. If you latch onto it, if you get it, you disarm the devil in your life. Because if you don't get it, he will make you feel guilty, make you feel there's no peace. He will, and if he, if he rise your peace, he steals your faith and confidence. You start looking for prophets to pray for you. The same thing you can do in your bedroom, get the same result. You are looking for somebody because you don't believe that is peace between you and who? God. Latch on to that word. What? Peace. Hold on to it. Say covenant of peace. Ezekiel 37, 26. Moreover, I will make a covenant of what? I didn't hear you. A covenant of what? Peace with them. Say covenant of peace with them. It shall be an, an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary where in the midst of them for unto the temple of the Holy Ghost. I will set my temple in them. These are the people that I am making this covenant with. Do you know that the Old Testament prophets, they were yearning for this? The Bible said they desired it, and they were thinking, say, who are the people? And they told them, it's not for you. They were hungry for this. They wanted it. Jesus said, blessed are ye, for you hear these things. So, Jesus is the one that mediated this peace between you and God, and nothing else. A mediator... Who is a mediator? It's one who mediates. Right? Ah. It's one who what? Mediates. Come, my daughter, come. Come, Meg. Meg, come. Come up here. There's a quarrel. I'm not talking to her. She's not what? Talking to me. We're quarreling. Don't come near me. I don't know you, my friend. We're quarreling. And then we're quarreling. God, 
I'm man. God says, I have something against you. Your sins have kept you from me. You hate me. You are rebellious. You are, you are evil. You are rebelling against me. And God says, my wrath is upon all of you. Because God must judge sin. God must judge what? Sin. Must be judged. There's no question about it. It must be judged. So now, what we need between us is, is a what? A mediator. <laughs> so can I get a diary to come? Dar, can you come? The, the, the person that plays organ should be the mediator because he brings music. So he comes. Now we have issue. He comes in between us. And the issue is what? What is, no, what I'm doing. No, you are not the one. I'm the one doing. It's what I'm doing. Right? And then this thing, I, that thing I'm doing to, to God, there is nothing that can take it away. I have done it. The soul that sin it must die. So the judgment is on me. So he comes along and he says, I will die for him. So let that date what? Be on me. Number two. His, you know, life is in the blood. So he shed his blood to wash away my what? Quit the blood of animal. Couldn't do. When he did that and I rose, I, God, went, he came to me and said, there is peace now. Because of what? Not because of what I did. It's because of what? You must know this. Because the temptation is that the devil wanted to take is that because of what you did. Once he shifts it from Christ to you, he has shifted your feet. You are running on zero. It will, it will look okay to you, but that's running on zero. Because those that trust in him, in who? You are not talking. In him shall not be put what? So you must always fight the fight of faith to shift your, don't let the devil take it away from him. Always keep it on him. Move it away from you. Move it away from prophet and pastor and whoever. And the, whole, the only hope of glory is him. No matter you do in this world, this is the one that mediated peace between you and God. You, you didn't. Your pastor didn't. Your prayer didn't. Your goodness didn't. Nothing. Except him. What can what share with my sins? Nothing. The fight you fight as a Christian is to put your faith in Christ all the time. It's a major battle. If you lose this fight, all other all other grounds what? If you leave it on sinking sand, my brother and sister, it can't hold you. It can't walk. You'll be fasting and praying, getting up 3 a.m., wasting your time. God told me that an ignorant Christian is like a blind Samson, that the devil will put him on a treadmill and make him be run around, around, around with him and finally kill him. Because the day Samson killed the Philistines, he killed himself. Thank you. Thank you. Do you get what I'm saying? If you understand me, shout hallelujah.
So let's continue. In 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator. And it's not me, it's not you. There's one God and one mediator. Between God and man, the man, he called him a man. Now, because he took our place as people, as men, he became a man. A spirit can't take my place. Only God can take my place. I mean, only man can take my place. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a what? A ransom for all to be testified in due time. Say, this is what you people should be preaching. Testify about this. Don't talk about Moses and all these things. No, this is what you preach. Romans 15. For if when we were enemies, enemies, God had a case against us, enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, being reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Hebrew 9.22, and almost all things are by the Lord purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, is no what? And without remission of sin, there's no peace between you and God. No, it won't happen. It doesn't matter what you do. If you like, that's not. Without that shedding of that blood, there's no remission. And if not remitted, it is your sin that is the problem. So when it is remitted, you have peace with God. Isaiah 53 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us. He laid on him all my iniquities and his blood washed away my sins. So there's peace. And that peace exclusively is because of Christ. In John, in John, um, in Ephesians 2, 3. Ephesians 2, 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, all of us, even as others. He said, Pastor, not too bad. He said, all of us. John 15, 25. But this coming to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. We are God haters. We didn't love him. But now, Romans 5 1. Therefore, now being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by, by the death of his son. How much more being reconciled now shall we live because of his life? We were born like that. Psalm 51.5. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So you can't come and say, Pastor, I'm not too bad. No. We were all born like that. Romans 3.23. Did not discount anybody. For the wages of sin 
So Romans 3.23, for all have what? Sin. All. And come short of the glory of God. The penalty of that thing we sin is Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, he said we should announce this. Again, I want to let us understand what we should be preaching according to the Spirit of God. Romans 10, 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. So go tell people there's peace between me and them now. Don't go tell them you are sinners. Because I've laid their sins on Christ. They don't know it. So you let them know it. They accept it like you did accept it. And then you enjoy the peace. It's called the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good. Bring glad tidings of good things. Say, so preach it. Second Corinthians 5.20. Now. When we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's state, be reconciled to God. Come. <laughs> Come and be reconciled. For God has made them who know no sin to be seen for you. Come. There's peace now. Somebody took your place. Somebody shed his blood. Come and accept it. Come. Come. Don't run away. No, but what we tell them is that you're a sinner. Yeah, they are. But that's not the message. The message is gospel of what? Peace. God is calling you. He wants you. There's peace now. Somebody took your place. Somebody died for you. Come and enjoy the peace. You don't have to do anything. You already died for you. You already showed this blood. There's nothing you do that will bring that peace. Just come and enjoy it. Acts 13, 38. Brothers and sisters. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. 19. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. All you need to do is to accept what he did for you. You are declared right with God. Something the Lord of Moses never could do for us. The blood of animals could not do it. I want to read something from there's this website they call God. Gotquestions.org. God, gotquestions.org. It's a website that answers Christian. I just I was flipping, I think I saw it this morning, so it really was good. So I said, let me put it down and read it. Because it helps me explain this thing. Listen to what they wrote there. Nothing we could do on our own will be sufficient to mediate between ourselves and God. No amount of good works or law keeping makes us righteous. Enough to stand before a holy God. Isaiah 64, verse 6, we'll read all of that. He said, without a mediator, we are destined to spend eternity in hell. Let me read it again. No amount of good works or law keeping makes us righteous enough to stand before a holy God. Without a mediator, we are destined to spend eternity in hell. For by ourselves, salvation from our sins is impossible. Yet, there is hope. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus represents those 
who have placed their trust in him before God's throne of grace. He mediates for us, much as a defense attorney mediates for his client, telling the judge, your honor, my client is innocent of all charges against him. That is true for us also. Someday we will face God, but we will do so as totally forgiving sinners because of Jesus' death on our behalf. The defense attorney took the penalty for all of us. Can I hear amen? Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight of God, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's what he's saying. No amount of good works or law-keeping makes us righteous enough to stand before God. Then Isaiah 64, he said, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rats. We all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like wind have taken us away. Isaiah 53, 10. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him, cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan, the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish. He will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will now make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. If you understand me up to, up to this point, shout hallelujah. It's called the good news. Galatians 3, 11. But no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man who dwells them shall live by them. Now let me explain some things. Life in the New Testament. The New Testament, remember we just read that the law is not of faith. And yet without faith it's impossible. So the way of the Old Testament you will never please God. It's not going to happen. Let me read it again to us. Okay, don't worry about that. Let's keep on going. Galatians 3.11. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says it is through faith. It is through faith. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. The law says it is through keeping the law you have life. The New Testament gave us a new way to, have to life. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. Verse 12. This way of faith, put it up now. I'm reading Galatians 3. I'm now in verse 12. I'm in verse 12. So I want everybody to see what I'm reading. I'm reading New Living Translation. This way of faith is very different from the way of what? Law. Different. They're not the same. People, don't operate this thing. It will affect you. And it's disheartening. This word of faith is very different from the word of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. No, the word of faith says it is through faith in Christ you have life. They're not, they're not talking the same thing. 
Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by what? By faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them now who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe. We continue to believe to the saving of the soul. Now, if you want to experience the glorious life of Christ in the New Testament, you must take note of another word, faith. The first one I told you is peace. Second one I'm telling you now is what? Faith. John eleven forty. Jesus said unto her, Say I not unto thee that if thou wouldest simply believe, thou should see the glory of God. If you want to see the reality of God in your life, Jesus said just, just believe. It's not by words of the law anymore. It's by faith in me. Second Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 14, 23. I want us to read that one together. It's very interesting. Very interesting scripture. I think I'm ahead of this. So I'll be reading it from here. Romans 14, 23. He that, he that what? Is what? Damned if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith. For, for, whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. Do, do, we, do we think, do we remember it? Hebrew 3, 12 tells us that unbelief is evil. It's evil. It separates you from, it hinders fellowship with God. Immediately you get into unbelief, you stop the power of God. Right there, dead, immediately. It doesn't work for you. So it's, a, it's a very harmful thing to a Christian to walk in unbelief. Hebrew 3, 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you and I didn't hear you. And what did they call it? Evil heart of what? Unbelief. In departing from the living God. God is saying A, you are saying B, you can't have agreement, you can't work together. If you like fast, if you like jump around, unless you agree with him, two can't work together. It's not gonna happen. And they know the word for obedience in the New Testament is faith. Faith is the word for obedience in the New Testament that Jesus established. Because faith is an action word. Faith is acting. But it's not just laws. It's acting. If God says, I've done this for you, you act like it is true. It's not just don't do this. Don't. No, no. You act like it's true. The voltage you sit here, then you sit there. So it's both instruction and it's beyond laws. It's beyond. Because it's talking telling you about life. This is the life I've given you. Do you know, do, I've crucified the old one. Then if you don't believe it, you are disobeying God. It's evil not to believe God. Romans 1:5. By whom we have received grace. And apostleship, Romans 1.5. Can we read it together, everybody? Let's go. Come on. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith among all nations. For his, it's called obedience what? To faith. Obedience to faith. 
obedience to faith. If God says it, believe it. If you don't, you are rebelling against him. That's what he told Israel. He said, you rebelled against me in the wilderness. I told you I've given you the land. You don't want to accept it. He said, all of you die here. He said, you rebelled against me. Unbelief is huge. Romans 6, 11. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but have obeyed. What did they obey? From the heart, that form of doctrine. He didn't put law. What God said, they obeyed it. Obeying it is obedience of faith. Obedience to what God said. If God says it, do it. If God says so, say so. If God says I redeemed you, say it. If God says I healed you, say so. If God says you are righteous, act like righteous. If God says I bless you, act like, don't be stingy. Say, obey the word of faith. Let it guide you. Follow it. That word is lamp unto my path and guide on, and light unto my, lamp unto my path and guide unto my, you follow it. It's follow it's obedience. Follow the word, obedience. It's obedience to faith. It's different from Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments never told you you're a new creature. But God says you're a new creature. Praise the Lord. So in Hebrew 11, 6, but without faith, it is what? Impossible. What is impossible? It's something that can never happen. Without faith, we cannot assess any blessings of God in the New Testament. I told you, mark the word peace, mark the word faith. faith, faith. Hebrew 4.11, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Did not profit. All the blessings of God will not profit anybody. For the same reason, God is warning, warning us. Did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that had it. For we, we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, you don't have to do any more works. You enter into his rest. It is finished. Faith is a state of peace, a state of confidence, a state of trust, a state of rest. It's not a state of uh, worrying, sleepless night, you know, planning your head, plan B, plan C. No. James 1.6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord, anything of people mark the word faith. You can't receive anything from God if you are not going to walk by faith. And there's no victory. You see why I'm teaching this thing? Because you know, if you know what I prepared to teach today, it's not this thing. It's not this one. All of a sudden, the Lord just changed his teacher and the covenant. They don't know it. I say, well, he said, teach it. Go to it. 
I stayed there from morning to evening, only to God. I was, I said, Lord, you need to, you need to, only you can open our eyes. First John 5, 4. For whoever is born of God overcometh this world. And this is the victory. See your victory? It didn't say faith gives victory. It said faith is the victory itself. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So if I don't have the faith, I don't have victory over sin, over the flesh, over the world, over whatever. It's not coming. See, the key, how important understanding, the key thing in the New Testament is. But what do we have? It's a lot of religious jingoism. You think if you do this and do this way and do that way and do that way. So what does it, does it present you? Is it your, is this your mediator? Did it mediate peace? Your confidence should be in the only one who mediated this peace, who guarantees you the blessings. That's it. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are you saved through faith. Which means without faith you can't even be saved. 2 Corinthians 1.24 not, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are just simple helpers of your joy. For by faith you stand. For by faith you Stand, watch the word faith. And let me now tell you, why is there the fight of faith? Because the enemy knows that if he can compromise your faith, you are done. You are finished. It's over. Romans 10, 8. But what say it? The word is nighty, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. God's word is the word of faith. In Ephesians 6, 16, above all, above everything, taking the shield of faith. What will you do with it? Wherewith it shall be able now to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All of it is quenched by your shield of faith. Now, if you don't have shield of faith, just don't have answer to it. Am I communicating to you? Two words. Peace. And what? Faith. Now you can see our thing for the years. Let's study. That's why Jesus said, Mary has chosen the only thing that's important. is this word of faith that will build her faith and nobody can take it from her. Do you know the least attended program in all churches? Bible studies. The least attended in every church is Bible study. And that's the most important one. Let me tell you how the devil is devastating people. One day my son was preaching. He said, is it surprising that during praise worship people are dancing and when the world is going around, that's when they're walking around. Have you ever realized that to study the Bible is a war? You want to study it, something will itch here, itch here. And then you remember your soup. Remember what you forgot at shop, right? Say, so let me make a note of it. From making a note of it, it will tell you there's one at Walmart. Then you continue. You have spent 10 minutes doing Walmart, shop, right? 
Am I telling lies here? The greatest battle you will fight is study the Bible. You know why? He knows that faith comes from it. And that by faith you stand, faith is your victory. Through faith you receive your blessings. And if you have a shield of faith, you finish him. He knows that faith builds your, builds your intimacy with God because you are in agreement with God. Brethren, he knows that. He's not a fool. He knows it. So if you can disarm your faith by disarming you from studying, he's got you. And he can give you something else that will never, never give you faith and you'll be finishing yourself. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I want to study, it will remind me, as I'm not doing it, the devil I probably say to it. I'm focusing on this thing. Try now. Bible studies, tell yourself how many of them have you attended? Even the series we do here, which one do you know? <laughs> I don't know if we read the Bible. I think the Bible is a joke. God tells somebody, say, I don't joke. I don't joke. Now, let me deal with the last part of this. We are no more under the law. Believers are no more under the law. We are not the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 18. But if, you are, but if you are led by the Spirit, if you be led of the Spirit, can we read it together? If you be read, if you be led of the Spirit, what happens? You're not under the law. You can't be talking of Old Testament. The Bible makes it clear that this is the testament of the Spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It's not carnal thing. God is dealing with the core issue of life. It's your spirit that needs to be born again. Your spirit. God is a spirit. He's gone after the mental, real ideal in the life of a man. His nature that needs to be changed. You don't change it by laws. And no, it's an act of power of God that he did that. And in Christ resurrecting, God showed his great power. The resurrection of Christ is the greatest demonstration of divine power there is. All of it. That's why God showed that he's more powerful than all the principalities, all those demonic forces joined together to stop Christ. From, God showed them that I'm God. Ha. Huh. We are no more under the law. We are under the guidance of the Spirit of God. And I will explain it. Listen to this. Romans 8.14 For as many as are laid, as many as are laid by the laws of Moses, as are laid by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Yeah. And he will lead you into all truth. Who is truth? Christ. So that your faith in him will be strong, deep, rooted, grounded in him. And when the enemy looks at you, he will see a spiritual giant, unshakable, immovable, abandoned in serving the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. He will lead you. He said, when he comes, he will guide us into all truth. He will take off my shoe to me so that you are granted in the rock, granted in Christ, 
so that you can stand and be a testimony to the world that Christ is Lord over everything. You will be the gospel that people read. Let me tell us something in 2 Corinthians 5.10. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Listen to Paul. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe. You see what Paul believes? Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. 15. He died for everyone so that those who have received his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Faith, obedience to faith. He said, we believe this, we believe this, we believe this, and because we believe this, we don't live for ourselves anymore. Our faith has activated our life in us. We are no more selfish. We are controlled by the love of God. Because we believe this, we believe this, obedience of faith, we believe what God said. The Bible says, if you don't believe God, you call him a liar. No, he's not a liar. We believe God. We believe this. We believe this. We have received this new life. So we don't leave the old one again. The old one is dead. The Spirit of God will lead you into that truth and open your eyes to see it. If you know the truth, the truth will what? Set you free. I've been, is there a scripture that says, if you know the Lord, will set you free? The truth. The truth. I said it on Thursday. If you are struggling with anything, there's a truth about you that you don't, you don't know yet. I'm not saying you don't quote the Bible, but that truth, you don't have the revelation yet. The day you have the revelation, that thing will be done. So, something amazing happened. Listen to this. Paul said, the love of Christ controls me. All right? Okay, so you know, in the Old Testament, God gave these laws. But the moral laws of God, listen to me, church. The moral laws of God, don't commit adultery, don't tell us. They are relevant today. Because it reflects the nature of God. The moral laws. He said those moral laws are summed up in love. And God is love. Because God has always been with them. God has always been with them. They are called this God of Israel. So the moral laws of God, the moral laws, not the, all this, the moral laws of God, reflects his character. And the Bible says it is summed up in one word, love. And he that loveth has fulfilled the law. So what God did, church, hear this. Instead of giving you thou shalt not, thou shalt not, he took his nature of love and put inside of you. So that Paul said, that love now controls me. And when it controls me, I will fulfill the moral laws of God without effort. It only works by faith. Are you, are you, do you get what I'm saying? Am I shooting over your head? He took away those laws. So you, you are not under this law. You are under my spirit. I'm going to give you my spirit. That has the nature of love. And love fulfills my laws. So that by the power of my spirit, you can live this life of love that is beyond man to live. By the power of my spirit, you put to death the works of the flesh. But it all works by faith. For if you want to see my glory, you have to believe what I'm telling you. Am I shooting over your head? 
Let's read some scripture and close with that. Romans 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill. See the moral laws. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt, be a, thou shalt not bear false witnesses, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love walketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment what? of the law. What did the Bible tell us? God is love. Romans, said, Romans says that God has poured his love into us. So he took away the law and gave us the love nature. So we can act by nature. Paul said we believe we have received this nature. We have received, we are not what we used to be. Because we received it, it's not controlling me. It's not controlling me. I don't have to make effort. Something has gotten a hold of me. From here to toe, I can't be just do what he's doing. I'm now a slave of Christ. He got me. He's taking a hold of my life. I don't belong to myself. Something is happening in my life. It is the power of Christ. The life of Christ. It's no longer I that live it, but Christ. God has given me something greater. My flesh can handle my... You're not getting me. So why not? You should be excited jumping over all over the place. Rome, let's read this one. Romans 8.3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of weakness of our sinful nature. You see? So all those laws couldn't help. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sin ourselves. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. By giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins, he did this, listen, church. He did this so that the just requirement of the law will now be fulfilled, fully satisfied for us. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit, led of the spirit. Believe what the spirit is teaching you. He's leading you to all the truth. You are no more who you used to be. You are a new creature. Christ lives in you. You are the, they have the nature of love. You cannot love. You can do all things through Christ who obedience of faith. If you only obey that doctrine, you will see the glory of God in your life. Can I hear amen? But he warned us. He said, don't let the devil fill you with unbelief. And don't listen to the world. I'll finish. I'll fin that, uh, Acts 5 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let the devil fill your heart? The devil can fill you with wrong doctrine. Don't let him. That's our team. Study to show yourself approved. Rightly, being led of the Spirit through the teaching of the word, revelation of the truth. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I gave you some words. Which is the first one? Ah, you have forgotten already. If you don't remember it, you are fasting to tomorrow. What is the first one? What is the second one? What is the first one? You have peace with two. Do you have it now? Do you have it tomorrow? Do you have next tomorrow? If the devil says you can't go to God, you'll laugh at him. 
because there's peace between you and God. So from now on, if you talk to God, he's hearing you. He's hearing you. You don't have to kill yourself. There's peace now. Guaranteed. Christ is now in ministering before God with his blood, pleading forgiveness for us. That peace continues to flow. He guarantees that all divine blessings are yours. Freely. Let us pray. I want you to bow your heads and think of this. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Do you now understand the New Testament? You have peace with God. You walk by faith. All people that believe all things are possible. Don't limit yourself. Don't, go, don't take any system. Stay in the testament that is founded on faith in Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other grounds are sinking sand.